0: All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. We're coming before you uh, with another Talking Torah. Talking Torah. Talking Torah with Sabbath Lounge. And we appreciate you stopping by. And we are going through every week. We're doing, uh, we're kind of behind, but eventually we'll be caught up. So, eventually. Eventually. So, maybe. Well on our way. Well on our way. So, this one happens to be week eight. Week eight via Slack. Yes, I think
1: I think that's right. Nailed, right it. It. Nailed it! Nailed
0: it! And it means uh, he sent. So who's the he? He he who? He be sending out. He sent. Um, yeah, who's he? Who's sending?
1: Yahweh sending?
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that sometimes I look at these and I'm like, I'm not sure I understand what it means, but someone um, is being sent. Good somewhere. question. So Jacob does go. Yeah. We're still talking about Jacob and his name being changed and wrestling with some kind of deity. So we'll just jump right into it. So um, so you get this. So if you've studied the Bible very long, we all see this pattern that uh, the same things that the fathers do, the children do. Right. And so they have this whole long line of Abraham and saying, she's my sister. And then they all say it. Yeah. They did not learn. No, It's the carrying on of the sins of the father kind of situation, mm-hmm. I think. And the whole polygamy thing, you know, keep bringing wives into this, you know, and it makes it real messy. Yeah. Real complicated. So, but anyway, you see this pattern from Abraham onto his grandsons, and just like your family, we we all have families that have patterns in them, good or bad. Yeah. And to me, that's part of what this story says. Yeah. Um, and we definitely get that out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Chip off the old block, is what they used to say. That's right. In fact, my grandma used to call me Chip. I was just like, (laughs) I'm real confused. My name's not Chip. Don't worry. I'm just uh, offending you. (laughs) (laughs) So there's an interesting comparison here. Jacob is like Yeshua. Why don't you tell me how that is, Matt? All right. Well, they both were alone in the garden. Mm -hmm. And so um, you know, Yeshua is alone in the garden. Now Esau, was he alone in a garden? Does it say garden? Esau? I mean, Jacob. Jacob? Uh, I don't know if it uses the term garden. I I don't think it does garden, but he's outside. He is outside. He's not in a church building. He's not in a sanctuary. He's not in a temple. And he's outside, and that technically is like a garden.
1: Yeah, he kind of sends his his people ahead and kind of hangs out by himself, like Yeshua did many times.
0: Yes, yes. He's definitely alone, and he's in distress. It doesn't say that he... Was in distress, you know that he's praying. Sweat drops of blood are forming. It doesn't say that, but he's definitely stressed out. Because, right. Why is he stressed out? Because he's afraid that Esau is gonna smote him. Yes, he's afraid of being smoted. Yeah, smoted, smothed,
1: smoten. I think smotin'. it's smoten, smoten.
0: Yeah, and so he's facing an enemy, an, an enemy that is. Why do you think it's certain death for him?
1: Well, because uh, Esau was a manly man and uh uh, had gained and jacob had gained the ire of him he was not uh esau was angry with him (laughs) (laughs) and so so, uh and esau was uh rough and tumble and uh, no way jacob was gonna stop him from killing him if he wanted to so uh yeah so like you're saying here he's facing certain death
0: Yeah, yeah, he was pretty positive that this was not going to end well, right? And I think he's, in essence, praying that this could pass from him. You know, Uh, that this cup of suffering that he thought he was going to have to dwell. You know, he was praying, you know, that this wouldn't happen. And so he definitely gets met with a deity. We'll talk a little bit about that, Um, but he wrestles with with God, if you will, and um, and at the end, when the two parties meet, there's a kiss. Just yeah. like a Judas kiss, yeah. And so, I think there are a lot of similarities between Jacob being like Yeshua, and um, I don't know anything. Else. Yeah, no,
1: those are those are real interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: So definitely, things you know. Sometimes we just throw some things out. We don't necessarily go into depth, but that's something you should check out and think about it when you read through the scripture.
1: Right. So, this whole series is
0: at high level. Okay. So yes, yes. Just hitting the highlights. Just trying to hit the highlights. So would you read Matthew 26? It kind of ties back to this garden story. I may have to move us around.
1: So then came Yeshua with them unto a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit you here while I go and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Carry you here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to his disciples and found them asleep and said to Peter, What could you not not watch with me for an hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed saying "O oh my father if this cup may not pass from me except i drink it Thy will be done
0: and he came and found them asleep again for their eyes were heavy and he left them and he went away again and he prayed a third time saying the same words he cometh to his disciples and said to them sleep on now and take your rest behold the hours at hand the son of man is betrayed at the hands of sinners Rise, let us be going. Behold, he's at the hand that doth betray me. And while yet he spoke, Judas, one of the twelve, came to him with a great multitude of swords and staves. What's a stave? Like a big pearl stick. Plural for staff. Staff. Oh. From the chief priests and elders and the people. And he betrayed him and gave him a sign saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Hold him fast. And forth, which he <laughs> came to Yeshua and said, Hail Master," and kissed him. So, um, we definitely have the the uh, kiss in the Enoch account as well. So, yeah, but uh, but but a, but a similar moment, you know. It's a it's a dividing line for Jacob. This is a potentially a life, you know, when you're facing death, just like Yeshua facing death. It's a life altering moment, and you're gonna be distressed about this. Yeah, it's only human. Yeah. So, um, and where else do we see this kiss, Matt? Hmm.
1: The Mafia.
0: The Mafia, yes. <laughs> yes, I see it runs deep in your family. Uh... <laughs> Too far. <laughs> Too I can... much information. <laughs> yeah, I know. there's all kinds of weird things about the Esau kiss. And so just be careful when you study that because it can go down some weird rabbit holes. I don't know if you've ever looked at it, but it can be not, weird, not in depth. It can be weird. Some people say it was like a bite, and just I mean, it just like goes oh, down a sounds... goes down a cliff. That I'm like, mm, I think it was a greeting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was anything other than just like this. It was right? A, it was. It was something we don't really do in the hey, United friend. States. Yeah. So I did tell my uh, wife that during Corona, I would stop hugging and kissing everybody I meet that's but she liked that that's good yeah but she but she was like you shouldn't be doing that <laughs> like, don't worry i'm not <laughs> so, we can't know <laughs> no, we can't. but definitely with corona it's probably not recommended to go kiss people probably that you not. don't know probably or not. you haven't seen in a while yeah.
1: don't do that yes this was before corona Oh, we might be getting into that later. Oh, maybe, maybe. the whole kissing people you don't uh, that might not want you to kiss
0: them. Yes,
1: yes, yes, we will. That's in this section. So,
0: so this wrestling occurs, and uh, Jacob's name becomes Israel. We just discussed, you know, why do we not ever refer to him as Israel? Most of us always call him Jacob, and we decided that it's because it gets confusing because.
1: Israel is used to describe so many things. It's used for the nation, it's used for the kingdom, it's used for both kingdoms, it's used for Yeshua, So, and it's used for Jacob. The modern
0: political state. Yeah. So if, yeah. So if you did that, people would be like, what, what, are you, what, are wait, you what do you mean? <laughs> Define so,
1: your terms, sir.
0: And so who does he wrestle with? What is this? Do you think the picture I chose is accurate? I think that's a historical painting that's out in the public domain. I think that is exactly what it looked like. (laughs) Uh
1: Probably not. Probably not close. But um, it is strange. I mean, some it depends on the translation you read. I think some places it says he wrestled with God. Some places, I mean, that's the that's the point of the name, right? Is uh, one who wrestles with God, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, um, some would say it's an angel. Uh, yeah. Some translations say it's a man. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, and I think you can make an argument every time you see this human and flesh form that it's Yah's mighty right hand, which would be Yeshua. Um, and, I, and and I think it's interesting though. Jacob was, you know, we think, you know, this to me rules out any of you that want to say he's a mama's boy. And that he's a little mamby pamsy mama's boy that knew how to cook and clean because yeah. he made some soup one time, <laughs> but does he? He doesn't even really make it because his mother says, "Bring me the stuff and I'll make it." Yeah, so that well, he made pottage maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. I've never tasted pottage myself, but <laughs> yeah, I hear it's delicious. Well, it
1: seems one would give his. Firstborn blessing for yes, that. Apparently. <laughs>
0: apparently. But this shows that he's not a weakling, as some people teach, because he wrestled with whatever this deity is all night. You know, that's impressive. Yeah. And the only way this deity wins, it's like, okay, you know, I mean clearly, I this guy. <laughs> yeah, clearly he is overpowered. You know, he could end it at any moment when the fact that he can he just reaches over and is like And then he limps the rest of his life. Yeah. So that was significant. Right. So, which is interesting. You know, I've always thought that it's one of these deals where maybe Jacob wrestles with, with the, uh, with God because he had to be humbled and he wanted him every step he took to be reminded that, you know, this experience happened to him. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I think it, it's interesting because it shows that, uh, uh, so he's he's afraid to go up to Esau, but mm-hmm. he's not afraid to wrestle this yeah. this being here. And I think it just shows that he's willing to fight for what he knows is right, mm. and uh, and for the right things, he's w- willing to fight for the right cause. I mm-hmm. think, and this
0: is an example of that. Yeah, that's great. And I think I think it's a testing too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yahweh is testing him to go. Is this guy really ready? Is he the guy? We're going to find out. We'll go down there and check him out a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's one of those things, too. A lot of times we resist. We don't like being refined and tested. And a lot of times when we are refined and tested, we come out different. You know, we don't walk the same after we've been tested. I think there's just so many lessons in that and how it applies to us every day.
1: Yeah, definitely. And the whole... Of course, you know we wrestle with God every day in, yeah. in our attempt to figure out, you know, truth and gain understanding. It's it is a wrestling that Try, that you're just doing, just
0: trying to do what we want to do. Mm-hmm. That's the the battle. I mean, we that's uh, that's what we we just want to do what we want to do. Many yeah. times, just like he did. So you get this concept too in thirty two ten about the two nations. So he divides his camp. And uh, basically, is a foreshadowing to a divided kingdom. And then you also have this whole thing about the Edomites, which Esau is an Edomite. Later on, we see Herod, who's an Edomite and who's not a legitimate priest. And so that's that's something you should study. Um, yeah. You know, because a lot of people believe John the Baptist was the true high priest at the time of Yeshua, and that Herod had your usur- the, the whole line of the Edomites had usur- usurped that. And that also was how Esau maybe got the revenge against Jacob a little bit. So, I don't know. But what were your thoughts? You said something really good about the divided kingdom here earlier. Oh, yeah. just uh, 3210. Yeah.
1: Let me pull it up here so, real quick. But 3210. Um, it says, I'm not worthy of the least of all the mercies and all the truth. So, this is Jacob praying to Yahweh uh, and all the truth which you have shown unto your servant for with my staff I passed over this Jordan and now I am become two bands. So two bands, two nations. He he let it's the not rest like of his Gens group and
0: roses and poison. No. That's it's not okay. not like
1: that. That's a terrible example by the way. <laughs> yes, not those kind of bands. But uh, So he lets his family and stuff go ahead of him and he stays back and uh, so they're separated in this after they cross over the Jordan, which is like when Israel crosses over the Jordan after leaving Egypt and take possession of the land, they divide into two kingdoms and now this is what what happens here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I just think that's interesting. yeah
0: yeah it is it's definitely interesting and you know I've always looked at it as he divides up and there's definitely a connection between, the children that come from the the wife he really loves, who didn't have weak eyes, and uh, and and then Leah, and um, you know he kind of separates them. You know, if these guys go, eh, it's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna send them the first wave, right? And then I'm gonna hold back my special treasure back here towards the end, wow. which is kind of interesting. Yeah, it just shows you a, a little bit about Jacob and <laughs> how what he. Yeah, you know how how he thought about this lineage. You know that's that's the only thing I've ever assumed, but I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm not sure,
0: but it does appear that to me that this favoritism shows up there. Yeah, and so then we have the the, the very interesting, if not weird and creepy and puzzling story of Dana raped by Amor. Right, it's just kind of thrown in there, mm-hmm. so you know it's important because it's like. Why are we talking about this?
1: How did this come up? Come up? Yeah, yeah. It seems out of place, but I mean, it's in there. So,
0: was Dinah indeed raped by Hamor? You know, if you almost every Bible that you look at, it's going to say that. It's going to give you that subheading. But I do think it's possible that that's not what happened here. because you know, when you read it in context, you see a someone who is madly in love, and we and yes, people who are madly in love, I guess, can rape others. But genuinely, that's not how the raping thing works, right? For the most part, yeah. Um, and uh, so,
1: and it, so we get the idea that she's defiled, right? Which sure, but does that mean rape? I think when I read through this, I get the impression that she, like you're saying here, she goes out, she, uh, learns the ways of the worldly women. Well, it kind of, yeah, it kind of implies that kind of a situation. And you might say, uh, and it comes back at the end of the chapter, you know, where they're like, will it be said that she's a harlot? Um, so she goes out away from her father's covering, which she should be under. And, uh, does this deed with Hamor, and immediately Hamor's like, "I love this girl, and I'm going to go talk to her father so we can get
0: married." He does seem to be about making it right, which yeah. which is not often what you find in the story of people who go rape other people. That's right. usually not part of their character,
1: right? So he wasn't looking to run away and hide yeah. this thing. He was looking to, you know, make it right, like you're saying. And he goes to Jacob, and they kind of work out a deal, mm-hmm. it seems. And then uh, Levi and Simeon aren't happy with
0: that. Yeah, yeah, they don't take it well. But, you know, and then you've got this whole weird thing. Did she have daddy issues? Yeah. You know, did she run away? You know, that's another possibility. You know, we don't really think about these stories sometimes like that, but I think we've got to put human flesh on these stories. And, you know, she does come from the mother who was less loved, if you will. And, you know, could she have been – could she have felt like she was less loved by the grandfather, you know? Was it the grandfather? By Jacob as yeah. well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it does make you think um, – you know, no, well, not grandfather, her father. Yeah. So, um, but but yeah, it does make you think she could have had issues with that, and she that to me, the scripture does imply that she goes out and does something. She goes and explores the the, the world, ways of women, something. yeah, yeah, so check, checking it out, and probably something she wasn't supposed to do, and it doesn't imply that she had her father's permission, and so and then she gets into trouble basically and has to be rescued, yeah. to a certain extent. Right. And so her name, by the way, means judgment, which is interesting. And why is that important, Matt? Well, I think, <laughs> you know, we, we, you talked about this, about how, you know, one thing that it does is that when the brothers disagree, I believe they undermine their father's authority to a certain extent. They go kind of against him.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's Jacob's household, and when when he makes a decision that should follow so i wonder i'm just thinking now i
0: wonder if that falls into the sons that are not obedient kind of situation it does seem like it it does seem like it and so in these their actions definitely affected his role in the land, you know, the the way people saw them is different. I mean, cause this is ultimate, this is bad trickery here where there's like, hey boys, sharpen your knives, you're gonna get circumcised. And as they're laying around going, oh, I wish I had an ice pack right now. <laughs> That's when they show up again and kill them. Yeah. And so people heard about this, you know, people heard, hey, do you mess with them? And they're gonna trick you. I mean, it did not, it did not make things easy for them as they no. conquer the land later you know that this these stories got told so so but where you're going don't is, stain the family name yes yes <laughs> don't stain it um so she could be the church the bride the harlot i think it's kind of an interesting study definitely considering her name means judgment mm-hmm. could it be in time judgment and basically, you see this story of the oppressors of the bride are judged as she's rescued, and the judgment was from the high priest because Levi, for sure, represents Levitical priesthood. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if he's the first guy and the priesthood's kind of in his lineage, it makes sense that he would be considered the the high priest of that lineage. Yeah. So, and uh, so, I think
1: the theme is definitely there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So when he goes and takes vengeance and uh, there is bloodshed, which makes you think about end times judgment and Yeshua coming back to rescue the bride from its harlotry and um, pull it back. And there's definitely going to be bloodshed for the people at that point that have oppressed the bride. But, you know, that's a whole nother. Yeah, that's a whole nother discussion. But it's definitely something to pursue.
1: Yeah. So when Yeshua returns, he will lay waste to all the things that have defiled the bride.
0: Yeah, and, yeah, and the bride will have to pr- present herself and clean up a little bit here. Yeah, so, so get clean. Get clean, that's right. So in Genesis 28.10, we'll talk about this for a second. And
1: Jacob vowed a vow saying, if Elohim will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothes to put on, then he will, it, then it goes on to say, then he will be my Elohim and I will be his servant. And yeah. so the point here is we see this kind of coming to fruition in in this week's Torah portion mm-hmm. where um, he tells them in uh, chapter 36, 30, 35, he tells them how to, uh, he goes, go to Bethel. And then, uh, get rid of all your idols, and... Oh, we have that. Yeah, this is the next one, I think. So, um uh, no, go back. Go back, man. Oh, right move, there. Move us. Move us. All right. Yeah, and he tells him to get rid of his strange gods, right? That were, uh, like we see when, uh, Rachel and, and Laban she comes to get them. them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um... So he says, yeah, and they gave, so he's doing this, and this is when Yah becomes his Elohim, and he becomes his servant, basically, and his name is changed to Israel. And what
0: were you saying about the pierced ear?
1: Yeah, so here in 35, verse 4, it says, And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods that were in their hand, and all their earrings which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the oak, which was by Shechem.
0: And by the way, we wanted to show you this Shechem, where this is. This is Ebal and Gerizim, right. blessings and curses. And so see our teaching on blessings and curses, where we kind of go into it. But this is definitely a significant place where this happens.
1: Right. So, so this is... Earrings. Yeah. So we were talking about, well, why the earrings? And you had made the point of the earrings and ears is usually uh, what they hear and what they're acknowledging as mm-hmm. truth, basically. And... Um, also, it's the, uh, you, know, you know, you pierce the ear of the slave that wants to remain with you. After right? seven years, you Yeah, pierce
0: your ear. Yeah,
1: And so uh, I think in some of the Psalms, yeah. it talks about pierce my ear mm-hmm. and, how we're, you know. And so here it's the earring of the pierced ear of the strange God that they've enslaved themselves to. And that's what he's getting rid
0: of. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. That's one of those little scriptures you can easily look over but it's significant. Yeah. And definitely something that more than meets the eye. So and you see Jacob making another conditional promise. He seems to like to do this. He did it with the sheep and he did, did it, you know, with the scripture we just read about hey, if you feed me and give me clothes, I mean, I'm your guy. Yeah. So which is kind of weird. It's like really but you know, I don't know. And you see uh, the covenant gets confirmed again. Benjamin is born, and now this family's got 12 children. 12 sons. 12 sons. And Dinah. Later, we see Benjamin and Joseph become Ephraim and Manasseh, and arguing 13. Right. So, anyway. And so that's a whole interesting thing. Study that, and then look at Judas, you know, his 12 uh, apostles that actually become 13 with Matthias. So, I mean, it's all kind of interesting. It seems to be connected, because...
1: No connection. it is. (laughs) There's zero connection.
0: So, is there anything (laughs) else from week 8, Genesis
1: 32, 3 through 36,
0: 43? No, I think that's,
1: uh, you know, that's enough to get people started. Yep.
0: And so, So, that's our goal here. We just kind of want you to get your whistle wet a little bit and... um, Maybe think of some things you hadn't thought of before, but... Yep. Yeah, go research it, check it out, read it. For crying out loud, read what it says. Yeah, so... Uh, we just can't encourage people to do that enough. And we know that if you're listening to us, you probably do that. Yeah. <laughs> so we ask that you would share it with someone who might need to read this. And maybe there's some things there that would cause some interest and, and, and make them uh, want to read. So, But we do appreciate your time. Your time is very valuable, and we appreciate you spending your time with us. And I think that's all, it for now. And that is week eight. Talking Torah with Sabbath Lounge. All right. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Signing out. Bye.
1: See ya.